0: Episode two of the So Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Hasty, the editor-in-chief of the McMaster University student newspaper. On this episode, we have Al Lego, the director of campus events. Uh, we talk about a variety of things, uh, but we really want to dig in on his role as director of campus events, how the organization has changed a bit since he took over um, about six years ago. Um, and we talk about some of the specifics of his job so we dig into how does he book artists what's that process like as I learned it's a little more complicated than you'd think and uh, it's I think a really insightful um, look into how what we think an industry would be as just a casual observer um, is nothing close to the truth Um, so Al gives us a really good rundown of what that involves he uh, tells us some stories about the artists he's worked with here, um, including a couple good stories about Colorado uh, and Alessia Cara. Um, so those are worth your time. Um, the whole thing goes about for 40 minutes, so it's not uh, not too long. And I think Al's a really personable guy, and that comes through. What I liked most about this one is just the honesty that Al had when he was talking to myself about... Uh, his role and the challenges that they face and uh, why he enjoys the job. Um, I think that Al gives good perspective there for anyone listening, but especially the students that might be trying to kind of figure out what they're doing at university with his, uh, with his notes at the end about his guiding principle. So it's 40 minutes. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. We plan on doing another one of these. Um, not too sure when, as the summer is uh, reaching uh, a midway point for us at the MSU because Welcome Week is realistically right around that corner. If you have suggestions for what you want to see or you want to help with the podcast, um, just send us a message. You can email me scott.hasty at thecell.ca. We'd love to talk about it. And uh, I hope you enjoy this one. Cheers. And uh, as promised, joining me, Al Go from Campus Vents. Al, how are you doing?
1: I'm really good. Thanks for having me today. I, I didn't realize this was number two, so I'm happy to see you went through your first one and ready for the second. Yeah, we had the, f- learned.
0: we had the first one with uh, Justin Monaco-Barnes, talked a lot of MSU stuff yeah. and the plan for next year. Um, but today I wanted to talk mm-hmm. about you because I uh, got to know you a little bit over the past couple of weeks and I thought uh, mm-hmm. you had a pretty cool gig with uh, a lot of like inside baseball kind of stories where you can you can open up a little bit and talk about um, the process of how we get so many concerts on campus and these artists, because uh, McMaster has had over the past, I would say six years, because that's how long I've been here, um, a pretty healthy roster of talent come through. So I just wanted to really dive into that today.
1: Yeah, happy to share it and share some of the stories that I can and those that I can't. Well... We'll touch the surface with that. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, as you know, there's always some respect towards those uh, moments. Uh, but this, I'm also here, this is my sixth year, so happy to hear that you're also there. Um, but if you want to talk about the process and, and, and where we're going into things, uh, as far as entertainment purchasing, as you can see, from 2010 to 2016, the MSU has, um, met many, has hit many, many great opportunities with campus partners, funders, uh, and also, we were really good at uh, looking at the trends and what was coming up. So between 2010 and 2012, or sorry, 2010 and 2012, excuse me, we uh, started seeing a need for increased budget as uh, the acts were getting bigger, our campus was getting larger, and uh, at the time we had a president named Matthew Dillon-Leach who introduced the uh, levy fee for Welcome Week. So myself, uh, Michael Water, and a, and, a, and a group of people sat down together. And ask the question is, what is it going to take to beat a, le- a GA summit and to pass something that will increase our budget significantly for Welcome Week? Um, and if you remember correctly, we had the Steve Angelo. It was probably the first time. And we knew that the year we did, we introduced a levy fee, students wanted to see where that value was coming from. Because mm-hmm. that was about $110, $115. do not quote me on the exact cents here or dollar amount. But uh, looking at those numbers and how much money was transferred to MSU uh, and, and to our account for Welcome Week, we really had to hit those numbers uh, with some, no- some names that really uh, were worth it. So, so
0: and Steve Angelo was from Sweet House Mafia.
1: That is correct. Uh, he had just retired at the time, and, or has and claimed, we brought him out of retirement? Yeah, we did. I mean, Steve was looking to do some stuff around the world, and he, he was. Uh, I was. I was tracking him, and this is probably one of the points here in terms of looking at DJs. Is look at where they are. Uh, in the festival routing circuit, and then you, you do a kilometer trace and see, okay, if they're in, let's say they're doing uh, the festival in Central Park in September, mm-hmm. and this is the date we were looking for, we started asking the question is, okay, well, what is it going to take for us to give an amount that would make him happy uh, after that festival? He's already in North America. It's a rerouted trip that we would uh, include in the offer and, and then have him into Toronto Uh, for two days and then we offered him a day to stay for tiff because he's a big tiff fan Uh, and that's what that's what it worked out so sometimes it's a bit about the the financial payment but it's also about what are we going to do to accommodate and say hey i know you're already playing a festival we'd love to have you come in canada Uh, we routed two other dates i believe it was myself brock and I, I couldn't tell you the the, the other campus, but I <laughs> routed it for them and worked with the agent on it, and thus became the moment of when you do something good, you got to continue with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, after that, we started just uh, pulling out some really good artists. Uh, we were we we're we've become well known as a a good campus to develop bands and to take really big artists on a campus level, uh, on a private showing. Uh, so as you've seen, we've had the weekend come through, and, and these are just calls you're getting from and management.
0: That- I think the weekend was when I was in first year. It
1: would have been 2011. Yeah. So this was in the in between, um, levy and a lot of times when you mentioned baseball chats. I think that's what that's what we we started out with, and uh, those are simple moments where if you define yourself as a campus. Uh, that is a respectable campus that pays, that actually can host an artist of that caliber or any caliber, and, and make it a really good situation for everyone, where management's happy about it. We understand that some campus schools are not as developed in the campus programming buying section, so they're they're not aware of what the standards are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I of course come from a background from that to work here at Mac, so that's really important to me. So a lot of times you get a call from an agent and say, "Hey, like this this case was Coachella." And the weekend, and I couldn't believe this. He had only played two live shows ever. His, mis- his mixtape was released. And I was baffled that they were trying to just get some practice gigs before he performed on Coachella. So there was three or four campus selected. We were one of them. Mm-hmm. I think we did the first run, the first date run. And in result, it, didn't, it wasn't really good for him. He didn't blow up. Uh, the Coachella, ter- it was a terrible performance. Now we look back four years later and look what he's done.
0: Yeah, and like when he came though, I, I don't go to all the shows. I don't know mm. how big, but I remember walking through the student center and the line legitimately spanned from the front of 1280 to get ticketed or to get in or whatever to out where the Starbucks is now. Like it was. Yes. And if you didn't know what was happening on campus, you quickly found out because this, this lineup of people was just so, so massive.
1: And, and it's something to notice that we notice a lot of things on Twitter and Facebook and things blow up through shares and likes. But when you see it with human bodies standing there and seeing that, yeah. it's a little bit more chaotic because we're not used to that. And you know that's one of those moments that we were happy to do it. Uh, we learned a lot from it and we were happy to see him succeed and now becoming one of the largest ca- uh, Canadian acts to come out in the last three years mm-hmm. is, is really great. Uh, clearly he's working in the States now, but still lives in Toronto, but that's a yeah. really good moment.
0: So let's go back a bit because I think now we've kind of set People might understand what your role is a little bit with Booking Artists, mm. but what? how would you describe your day-to-day job with mm. Campus Events?
1: Well, let's start with the title. It's Director for the Campus Events Department at the MSU. Uh, I have two departments. Uh, one is a service, which would be the Campus Events Department. We employ approximately 20 students. Uh, full-time students throughout the year. One is an assistant that works uh, 30 hours in the summer, and then we have a promotions coordinator and now a faculty coordinator uh, on top of that portfolio. Uh, that We split the two staffs between event staff and promotion staff. On the other side, I manage the uh, App, Tech, uh, App Tech Productions business. Uh, we've just recently changed a few things around it and, and trying to increase uh, what, what the need is for students and what's the need on campus. So that's sort of what I do. The on The day-to-day... On, a, on an average, is let's look at September to end of a November. Uh, that's when we're, we're, we're consistently doing events. So you could find myself uh, really meeting with all the student groups. A lot of things as a, an event director uh, is to meet with student groups to help them identify what they need and how to properly plan their events. Uh, on the other side, during the day, I'm trying to implement my events uh, making calls for our upcoming events, uh, advancing the the, the um, information that's needed for the coming shows, as well as training staff, um, looking over our, our current staff with APTech Productions and ensuring that our client base that are coming in for our daily gigs are being met. And luckily, I have a, a pretty great team in the APTech side that are man- managing that uh, sort of day-to-day, but there's a lot of check-ins. So on an average, it's uh, <clears throat> a lot of meetings and a lot of phone calls. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's I'm here to support, and the success for our department is usually driven after five p.m. So the day to day time is is really just meeting with uh, the groups. We're planning, you know, twelve months in advance for homecoming and for Welcome Week. That sort yeah. of thing.
0: Um And now, Mac was originally supposed to be home at one point. As you, I think we mentioned that we talked about that at the golf tournament where Mac was where you were looking originally, and then mm-hmm. you kind of mm-hmm. changed your plans a bit. So yeah. explain your roundabout <laughs> route here, because I thought like it was, it's there's a clear. lot of uh, moving parts.
1: There's a lot of moving parts. Uh, I think it all started in grade 12. I was president of the high school, and my principal approached me. Uh, I, I, I was originally accepted to McMaster. I was coming here. I wanted to leave my hometown of Sebring. Love them very much, but um, there was a few things that happened uh in that two months before graduation and months leading after graduation but to to really shorten it is uh our prime minister had just finished, Jean Chrétien, at the time, and uh, his PR advisor was Joan Campbell, who was a former Cameron grad, Laurentian grad, was from Sudbury, and uh, I think after eight years of serving your prime minister and the ongoing need, I think she wanted to retire and go somewhere quiet, and what she did is she introduced herself into the Ministry of Education to uh, create an added year for the public relations program uh, in a college setting. So uh, it was normally two years, then it was a three-year advanced diploma. And it was told to me by my my, uh, principal that if you stay and do this, this would be really great for your career. Um, If you you hold a certain GPA, which is a high GPA at the time, you would get a four-year BA in one year following that at Laurentian. So the bells rang. I was paying for school. uh, I, you know, the family, there were some issues there. So I had to stay back home. So I ended up doing my school there. I ended up uh, getting involved in campus promotions and bookings and working for the student union, which is what led me to... Uh, work with, Mac- with McMaster years later uh, on different conference then, settings.
0: Sorry, that was Cameron
1: College? Cameron College and Laurentian University. So I ended up with a three-year diploma in public relations and then was offered a two-year advanced uh, diploma in advertising in efforts to stay uh, in my campus programming role for the student union. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of an insider deal, nothing illegal there, but it was it was just, a hey, we'd love to say um, that year was my year I won Programmer of Canada, which was a big award uh, for one of the smallest campuses in Canada. Um, so following that, uh, I was finishing off my university as planned and working for a music and film company and waiting for something, a job that was coming while I was finishing my full-time studies and McMaster came on graduation day and I told my boss at the time that I was, I don't even know what I told him, um, but I drove down to Hamilton overnight and to which result when I got back to work the next day, my boss and, and them had, had congregated in the, the lunchroom to watch my live graduation, which I didn't know. And uh, they asked me, you know, where were you? I, I saw you didn't get called. I was like, ah, you know, I was in the morning graduation. They just double booked me. And then uh, following, you know, a few days later, I got, I was offered the job here at McMaster and haven't looked back. It's been since 2010.
0: Yeah. So, um, and Six years now, yeah. um, but Mac is is a part of what you do. Mm-hmm. But there's a, you do you work with some other. Um, I don't know how you would describe them. I would probably just say concerts or organizations or, or something. But um, talk about some of the other uh, <coughs> people you work with.
1: Yeah, I would say it's more of an outside consulting. Mechanism that I've found my way of doing it. If you're in events, you always seem to find some work for yourself. So, um, you know, I've found myself working for the Burlington Sound of Music Festival for the last, I believe this would be my fourth year. I'm in the programming committee. I'm the vice chair of programming as well as the main stage manager, and I've been production manager there for several years, but this year relinquished that role given all the uh, opportunities. Now, this is a volunteer role. Um, and I do it for many reasons as well. Everything is all about long hours and paychecks and that, and I, I do think that the 200-plus two plus hours of volunteer work is worth it, and we should be giving back to our communities. It's unfortunate I can't do it in that same setting in Hamilton, but, um, yeah, that's one of them in Burlington Sound of Music. Uh, I'm, I'm, I manage bands on the side so I help out a lot of uh, bands especially on the local front that are looking to just get some help uh, either on just making some connections for industry people for shows that sort of thing um, I do call band management a little bit of uh, babysitting but uh, I have had a set of brothers for the last four years which is of Gentlemen and Cowards they're Mac grads mm-hmm. been with them since day famously
0: one famously on the uh, on Dave- Letterman
1: yes on the David Letterman show and now working on their new uh, record coming out at the end of September plug plug hey hey Gentlemen and Cowards Um, But I I do find myself working in the United States a lot with certain universities that uh, are less funded like we are. So they don't have a full-time programmer. So I've been working with the University of Dayton, I think, for 10 years almost now and uh, I've taken over their entertainment buying uh, it's just one step further for the, the administration when you give students uh, you know a set of budget and they really don't know how to attract artists and they get ripped off and in the, in the long run they'll charge 20-30 yeah. points on it so um, I found myself working with other universities there they've helped me out with contracts It's a it's a pretty cool gig and basically I'm here to help them save money uh, I don't really charge much because uh, I do believe in what, I, in what I'm doing to help but there is some time at effort that needs to be accounted for. Um but at this time of my life, I think it 's really good to give back and, and start making more contacts and as much as I can, yeah yeah like it 's a lot of sharing
0: it 's volunteering, but it 's also it sounds like it kind of an investment it anyways. is right? and,
1: and like Burlington sound of music i 'll always walk away with a few contracts or some some opportunities following with that with tour managers or bands or whatnot, so you know you put yourself forward, always paid forward, and uh you know good people are around, and mm-hmm. there 's always a good handshake to be made,
0: yeah, and uh Somewhere where those kind of contracts or connections could be, uh, we could see the fruit of that is is maybe in the next few months. Um, we've been talking about it a bit, and we mentioned it earlier with your kind of planning for Welcome Week mm-hmm. and uh, and now and uh, the homecoming experience is changing. Um, mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, the MSU or the SRA approved a twenty five thousand dollar expense that would uh, be a part of a larger, I think, two over two hundred thousand dollar um, budget.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and with that comes two concerts, a Friday night concert on homecoming and then a Saturday morning concert. Um, so now when I was originally writing this story, cause I was covering it for the silhouette, I was trying to get a grasp for what it means to have money for an artist. And my issue was, I don't, I didn't understand what does a certain allocated amount of money get you for an artist. Now, in the budget proposal for this um, new homecoming, it gave us it gave eighty thousand dollars per concert. That's what they said. That's what they voted on. Could change based on corporate sponsors, but that's what uh, we're going off right now. And so, I tried to ask, like, what what does that mean? <laughs> because I, I'm probably like you, the listener. I I don't know what anyone costs, and if you get if you tell me that it's eighty thousand dollars. Yeah. Who? What does that get me? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how much people. I've never booked a band. I don't know. So, when I tried to find out, everybody was well. It's complicated and all this stuff. So, let's let's try and dive into that because it is really interesting how mm-hmm. fluid that can be. So, when you're going to book an artist, mm-hmm. what is the process?
1: I mean, the pro- process, and you've you've clearly outlined it. Is uh, you first look at funding. You look at uh, your your venue. What that surrounds, what are the risks that are implied in that? So let's just take the, the idea of two $80,000 concerts. Um, at first glance, we look at insurance, we look at production costs, so staging, lighting, staffing, that sort of thing. That's all included in that. Now, in mm-hmm. this budget, uh, we do have certain dollars uh, allocated to production. Pardon me, but you, you could easily attribute $20,000 to production on any major outdoor festival, uh, any outdoor. Concert that would hold that would hold over two to five thousand people easily. That so the process of really looking at a, a, a concert is find out what your outside costs are and over budget them, and then that'll give you your magic number for your act and what they have now you know bands are worth many different price price rangings it could be a routing price which means you have a set of concerts in before and after uh, and everybody jumps in at a similar price in order to save money say x band x was worth 100,000 or band x was worth 10,000 we now get 5 dates back to back we're looking at probably jumping in at 25 30 40000 mm-hmm. a show or whatever, yeah. whatever the yeah. case is. So th- those are some of the extremities. Those are the one-offs, which is you're paying direct. Um, it's pretty much getting them out of the couch gig. So it's finding out what their max is and negotiating that price. Every buyer has their own set of negotiation tactics and every agent has their own set of selling tactics. So it's really coming to terms on what we can do, how much I can tell you I can move, uh, what's my max, and I stick to it. So... Sometimes, uh, you, you know, it's it's at a point where, okay, we have another concert. Maybe I'll dip into the other and we'll lower the cost for that that other show to make that grand, uh, you know, let's call it the wedding cake presentation for that concert. So yeah. many factors are in place, but always stick to what your high end is and, and never go over that because um, there's sometimes you just have to walk away. Yeah. And, and then that, that that's just negotiations. Now you come into the offer and when you get into an offer with an agent or management or whoever you're working, you've got to stick to uh, a certain radius of time when that, when that offer will conclude. That agent is supposed to uh, communicate back with you and give you updates and let you know what's happening. They'll usually come back, "Hey, we need more transportation on this. We're going to need backline costs, and we're going to need extra hotels." and then you, you sort of take that information and say, "Well, we will revise an offer and, and shoot it back to you in hopes that they take it in. Um, so many facets are taken into consideration in a concert. It's not just going to the band. There are considerations for security. There's considerations for the insurance, like I've mentioned. Uh, sound bylaw. Uh, we got you know, there, there are many, many, many facets. Uh, there are university th- uh, costs that are involved in that. Uh, power costs. Mm-hmm. The list goes on, my friend, but... Um, I hope that gives you some sort of idea of what the process is. It's uh, at this point when you're looking for an act, we're now looking at seeing, okay, it's October 30th, uh, September 30th, excuse me, October 1st. What's happening in those two weeks? Are there any major festivals we can pull from? Is there anything happening in the GTA? Anything Mm -hmm. that we can pull from? So that's what we're starting. We're already looking into it as of last week since, you know, uh, last two weeks, two Sundays ago we were approved. So mm-hmm. uh, we are hoping to offer and work on things very shortly. And now how many
0: people, I guess, do you approach almost for, for that? Like if you're mm-hmm. trying to book this, because some will naturally fall apart if you say it's a negotiation. So how many people do you reach out to?
1: Well, in Canada, I would say there are three to there are three to four major agencies that we work with. Uh, one of them is an inter- international agency; they're called U, uh, United Artists, uh, UTA, as they as they, uh, as they go by. Um, recently bought out uh, from the agency group, and they have a lot of American conglomerates. We do sometimes do discussions with CAA, William Morris. Uh, it all depends on the artist, and if they're represented in Canada, great. And if they're not, then we have to seek uh, the American agents. And uh, we all know that the. American dollar is a little high these days. So mm-hmm. as, that's a big consideration in our budget these days as to what can we grab uh, in, under budget uh, based on where we're at financially with the yeah. uh, American conversion rates. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's getting better, Yeah, but it's, it's still something to consider.
0: Yeah. Um, so you've, we've worked with a number of acts here over the past six years. There's been... Um, a bunch of bands that have come through. We're talking
1: about ourselves, right? in this Show, right? Yeah, our six years. That's uh, I like that. Yeah, I've been. Well, I've yeah, been, been around, here yeah. and
0: experienced them. Yeah, so
1: it's it's all fine. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, there have been a lot who've come through. Um, but in your experience, who are some of your favorite acts to work with?
1: I mean, the hometown heroes are. are I always have to give a shout out to the RKLs. They're gentlemen. Uh, they work hard. Uh, they've come through the halls. I think we've had them here in my time, maybe five times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I've done a lot of side stuff with them for other student groups and stuff to help out. Um, gentlemen at their finest. And, and, and what they do is they, they understand the price and the value that they can offer, and they go that extra mile. So in my opinion, whenever they come through the McMaster doors, I wake up going, it's an Arkell's day. Great. Let's let's yeah. see what the boys are up to. Mm-hmm. It's It's like you're hanging out with family. Uh, but to stretch that forward, I mean, there's there's some acts that have come through these halls that, uh, you know, always get a, a big welcome hand and a big hug. Uh, USS have come through here several times over the years and very nice to deal with. The um, list goes on with, like, the Sheepdogs. I, I, I got to give uh, credit to Bengal players. They were really front friendly. The chain smokers hadn't even blown up yet. Yeah, no, and, that yeah, um, that
0: one was like prescient from you.
1: And, and we we got we got yes, it was. And uh, <laughs> sometimes we 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 do the right thing and hope that the, that they'll break, and they did. And you know, the the I think the students really appreciated that later, saying, "Whoa, that was that was a really big thing to come through our halls." And, and when you ask me the, the greatest bands to work with, it's just people that are humble, that are here to work. We all have an agreement to do. I have many things I have to agree to do uh, in order to fulfill the contract. Contract, so does the artist. Uh, but when we come into terms and we, we look at each other as if we're just here to work for the day, it sets off the tone really well. Um, I must say Alicia kara is probably won't be my favorite artist um, to ever come out of here. Uh, one being was her first full-time performance uh, with the band uh, ever that she's ever done and it was at Mac uh, met her mom and her management team no way got to understand the whole yeah. story of the three years behind that and um, you know a little anecdote was at the end of her show I asked her about hey you're have you planned have you thought about that she's like well yeah the band um, they have it put in the, the schedule and she goes "What is? How, what is how do I do this I said just finish your last song and I'll stand side stage and I'll tell you what's up and She gets off stage and she's hearing the fans and the band's getting off stage. She's like, "Oh my God, they! I need to go now." I said, "No, no, just, just stay and wait." Like (laughs) I say, (laughs) hadn't really
0: been like shown the ways of an encore yet.
1: Yeah, and and again, this is in my opinion, it's like you're meeting Celine Dion at a at a young age and having to learn these these really important parts that'll become systematic and robotic to her for years to come. But to see that innocence and 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 joy to just perform and hey, like they're they're chanting. Um, those are some great names that we've had through and, and please, If anybody's ever listening that worked through here, there's so many other names that we can talk about, but uh, again, it's, a, it's about that relationship and yeah. if we could set that aside, um, and just work together, it's a good day regardless.
0: Um, so you mentioned the chain smokers, Alessia Cara,
1: how,
0: how do how do you find those kind of things? Like where you're kind of like, they're on the come up, they're not huge yet, but they're kind of getting there or like Mm -hmm. so how do you gauge that like what what do you use to kind of find out like hey we're going to get them right before they're huge or as they're coming up
1: a lot of times it's conversations with management and agencies they give you a tip on uh, what's coming in the next six to eight months uh you you could really tell that a band's breaking a lot of money is being put in or or attention excuse me that's being put to a band uh, when you're talking to their representatives, saying, hey, we're we're now developing them to do large festivals in the next eight months. And we've just signed on an opening tour, with, like for Alicia Cara, for example. She's now with Coldplay opening up and doing a set of dates at the end of August. And um, I mean, th- those are one of the main trackers. A lot of times is talk to the students, find out who they're seeing. And in the summertime, what I find is whenever I do our, our brainstorm sessions with the staff, I ask them, all right. What festivals did you see? Who did you see on side stages? Mm -hmm. You know, on the BC stages, I I really don't care what's on main stage because we know what's driving those ticket sales. And and it's really listening to students, talking to them, finding out what the trends are coming on Facebook. Sometimes having these, um, you know, releasing names and say, hey, what do you guys think of this? How should we go about it? And and you'd be surprised. Students actually are probably the most useful, informative people because at the end of the day, we're here to serve them. So let's ask them, right?
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Do you have... um like a home run of one of those, or and like a swing and a big miss, where you're like, oh man, I thought that group yeah, was going to hit Of
1: course, we have misses, my friend. Um, <laughs> yeah, we all miss. I'm trying to think what would be one of my my. Uh, let me think here. You got me stumped here. Yeah, no, it's I, you know tough. what it, it, it was. Uh, I'd have to say, what was his name? It wasn't Shaw Claire. Cardi, what is his new his new album? Is Cardi Gras? Was it Cardinal off his shell released a, a a best of tour and a, a, an album? So it was including everything. And I and I in in, in the time he was really still selling uh, tickets, he was a very valuable asset. And we took a, a big jump on it and didn't even think this was going to be. I didn't even blink. I said, "Yeah, this price is great. Let's do it." Yeah. The tickets did not sell. We couldn't even <laughs> give it away. Uh, and, and if Matt Wright is listening out here, uh, that was something we made a deal. I said, hey, we'll do it. Uh, and I believed in it too. And I forget what he wanted me to book after that. And I said, well, let's try Cardinal. And then if the urban market really works, then I'd be happy to revisit another offer. Well, long, long story short, the reason why I don't remember who I promised to book is because – Car- uh, that- <laughs> and, and no no disrespect yeah, to Cardinal, no. it was just uh, the bad time of year, but that was a major, major swing and a miss. I think the biggest swing in a home run that we've ever had here um what would have been one of our best Little John and that was Little John was the biggest home run I think I've ever had as far as how fast tickets sold compared to even the weekend Um, and that was attributed to some of the things I do in the states and I was able to bring that to McMaster students sadly students bought the tickets but they didn't believe that it was him Cause I put Little John on the poster. They thought it was a Little John. I don't like know impersonator. Yeah, like somebody just playing his hits. And I said, no, no, no. It's and and the the way we approached it. Uh, I would we, be
0: down to see like a Little John cover artist. Uh, that's weird. You know, like, <laughs> like it, it would be more, weird. But... I'd love. Yeah, I completely agree.
1: Because when you think about it, students. I, uh, we didn't really attack it. We just said, you've purchased your tickets. The MSU is always here to provide what they say they would. So we didn't want to really feed into the monster. We just said, just show up. Trust us. Like, we've never deceived you with an artist. We would never do that. That's not our protocol. Uh, and in result, it brought in 2,000 amazing homecoming partiers. And you know, it was a safe and fun night other than a fire alarm that was pulled by accident. True. I believe it was a heat sensor or something like that. But yeah, uh, yeah that's a big home run for us.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember that, that was one of, yeah, one of the bigger ones because mm-hmm. just everybody was asking, are you going to, to Little John?
1: Jo- the Man. Little John, <laughs> or John Little. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so what is the most difficult part of putting on one of these concerts? Because you, just, you talked about where it's, there's so much you have to do and you see the setups and they're huge. But what, is, what are some of the most difficult parts?
1: It's the anticipation and understanding what could go wrong and putting the steps in place to uh, properly assess your risk management uh, your risk management associated with it. So for me it, there's this gut feeling every time uh, and when I have to ensure that I feel comfortable in administering an event for students and have we have we checked everything and have we ensured that we have provided an an, an adequate safe environment that will allow issues things will happen. I cannot mm-hmm. control uh, what a person will do, or what they would do to themselves, or, or whatever could happen. Um, but it's putting those systems in place and ensuring that the communication is is highly active throughout that planning process. So I would say, what's the most difficult thing? It's it's being on the ball daily and ensuring that your checklist is followed weekly and monthly to get to that uh, uh, to that event. So, for example, an event could take six, seven months of planning, and it's sticking to that plan. You're going to miss things. Things are going to be missed, but uh, it's it's just ensuring that you can share that information. Excuse me, share that information with your with your your co planners, and uh, making sure that whatever you're putting on should be put on this way, and and we're happy with it.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, and now changing gears from that, um, <clears throat> riders is something <laughs> I've I've learned yeah. about uh, recently, and
1: uh, I think. Could you explain what a rider is? There are different riders terms. in a contract. So yeah. there's a hospitality rider, which I believe that's what you're you're referring to. The hospitality rider includes uh, you know the day-to-day things that they need in a dressing room that makes them feel at home. We got to remember that they're either living in a van, living on a plane, living on a bus, or living in three little cars and trucking along the country daily. So these little items, like you say, cliff bars and power raids and you know, I need this type of tea and... You know those are important because it sets them apart and gives them a little bit of a hospitality feel. It's not because if I don't provide it, they're going to walk away. That's not what it is. It's hey, if you happen to have this in your budget, we would really appreciate these items and that sort of thing. Um, the next type of writers would be your your technical writers. So it's your stage input lists, your setup lists, and all the all the numbers and chords and patches needed that nobody really wants to read and understand, which is why we pass them off. Yeah. But I think we're talking about the hospitality writer, right? I think we
0: are, because they can get pretty weird. I've I've heard um, on the the former TSN guys, uh, Jay Wright, Dan O'Toole, they have an engineer, sound engineer, uh, I just call him Engineer Jim, and he used to work, he produced a bunch of Guns N' Roses albums. They played Six Degrees of Engineer Jim, where they say, do you have a connection to this person? And almost every time he does. Mm -hmm. But he kind of says, like, yeah, guys, the Guns N' Roses writers were crazy. And, like, he would kind of talk just a little bit where he mentioned some of the things. And now, because we can't be, we're not Engineer Jim and we don't have a connection to the band, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. I don't think it would be appropriate to ask you to name names. But I think, like, (laughs) are there some things you've seen in your time, maybe not at Mac, anywhere, uh, some. Rider items that uh, would blow someone's mind.
1: Sure. I mean, everybody talks about the the Smarties, right? Uh, and if those of you that don't understand, uh, Van Halen started that. I want only red Smarties, and that was just a, a ploy on a rider so the promoter would read it and read it through and call management and make an issue. So when you're when you're asking me, sometimes these the items that I'm going to name to you it really doesn't mean they want it but we're not going to name the names. so I'm just going to go right out I think the first one and that's
0: that's in Wayne's World one or two or I think two where they get they have to get brown Smarties or M&M's or or, or or whatever it was Smarties M&M's the
1: same color and that's true Van Halen check it out it's online I think it's like on their 81 tour uh, that it all came out but uh, a few that I've seen um, (laughs) I hope I can say this it's not great (laughs) but it was freshly squeezed Cambodian breast milk (laughs) they they wanted and I to which I, I made that call right away and of course they were chuckling and I said well I can't really I can get milk I can't even get I don't know if I can get you even freshly squeezed like cow milk but uh, I know we have some farmers there uh, so we in result we did get a milk as a joke they didn't really they didn't really care to it they just wanted to call yeah. that out so that was one of them recently I've been reading one. And uh, you go through the rider and you see a picture of uh, Leia. Now it's the image where she was dressed up as uh, it's in was it uh, slave Leia as they call her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she was captured by Jabba the Hutt. I'm mm-hmm. a huge Star Wars fan, so of course when I noticed that picture on the rider, I was drawn to it. And it said, um, "Would like three uh, to four people dressed up as slave <laughs> Leia, and, and preferably in, in you know in, in that attire." So did you do it?
0: No I no, I did not,
1: um, but it, basically they said we wanted masseuses, and uh, we want them dressed up as that it was It was definitely a joke. Uh, you could tell it was a joke, but I wonder if anybody out there is ever going to do it. These people try, t- tour the world, so I'm sure someone's done it, and i've had some before ask for the promoter's girlfriend a picture of the promoter's girlfriend <laughs> or boyfriend uh, who depending on the, depending on who it is, so those are funny. Um, what else have I seen are there?
0: Hmm. Some that you are like, this is weird, and I think I have to get it. Uh, Like, very specific. Well,
1: there's one band I will name, and it's Colorado. God bless those boys. They are also one of my favorite people to work here uh, on campus. Mm -hmm. They have a handwritten writer that they wrote, like, on a sheet of paper, and it's very reasonable and fun. They always ask for a used book. Like, give me a (laughs) book so we can read on our tour, which I think is fantastic. But one of them says, if possible, we would love for you to bring a dog. On a leash, and we would like to take a dog for a walk. Please don't rent a dog for us. Don't go to the animal shelter. Like, if somebody has a dog... Yeah. So every time I've had Colorado, probably three times in the last three years or four years... um, we'd bring them a dog and yeah. they go for a walk around campus <laughs> go do the coots for a little bit and come back and it's, it's, it's great
0: everybody wins that's and, pretty good yeah. and a lot of
1: students would come see that because they're like oh my god it's such a joke I can't believe they would do that and it's literally humans want to interact I want to feel like I'm at home so yeah that's a fun one yeah um, there's been something there's been some as well you need to pick up uh, our cousin Joe and we can't tell you where he'll be <laughs> until the day of the show so look unc- uh, cousin Joe day of the show I think that's where they're going and like I think it was like two hours before doors, they'll always send you to somewhere like, oh, you have to go to St. Saint Marie. And it's clearly not a thing. It's just, again, these are things that they want you to review and call in and say, hey, what's up with this? We can't do that. And then now management knows I've read through and I understand what they really require. And then we all have a laugh. Now, when you start out and you start doing this. Is it like is that
0: apparent, or are you like?
1: Uh, you mean getting riders and giving them? Well, no,
0: but you're like okay. So th- oh. someone says like, I want freshly squeezed Cambodian breast milk, mm-hmm. and you read this, and are you? Is your first thought, oh my? No, I, I think I, think I just
1: chuckled. You know what? You get into this. I want to figure this out mode. Yeah, but yeah. You, you you quickly stop yourself thinking. Okay, like let let's let's find out what's overkill here. We are not booking. You know guns and roses because <laughs> yeah. guns and roses would probably want that and yeah. and if you do it, they would probably give you an extra twenty minutes on their uh, on the contract just for doing it. but there definitely is a moment of there's been a few other jokes that 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 we've been that, that uh that have been on the writers that I have provided nothing crazy, but to them it's like, oh my God, you actually did that, yeah, and then it sets the day and and I think hospitality is a big thing, and I think for them, like I've mentioned, is make them feel at home. Uh, Some of them have not seen outside of a van in Mm -hmm. a week and they Mm -hmm. smell and they want a shower and they want fresh socks. My friends, if you're listening out there and you're ever working for a band, fresh socks is something that they love. Even a fresh pair of underwear, like clean, not used, thank you, please. (laughs) Gently. But if you buy them pairs of socks, stuff like that, they love it. It's, you know, I haven't had a, you know, they haven't done laundry in a while.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's one of the like...
1: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: underground things that some people don't know about but if mm. you hear about them and it's it makes sense like I understand why writers are a thing but then when they go extreme you're almost like that's a weird web like that would be there, a there real is a rabbit weird hole. Web,
1: but you know what there's always communication always really important yeah. in this process so if you communicate with management and 9 out of 10, 10 like 9 out of 10 items they won't really care but there might be one item that they want so if you ask them and they say hey yeah everything else is fine but you know what, this one item would be really great if you mm-hmm. can do it. You know, it could be Underarm or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and now, finally, just to wrap this thing up. Sure. Um, I know through talking to you, you've reached a, a good point here with Mac. You've been really successful um, in your time. Um, but what, what got you to this point? Like, what is a guiding principle for you?
1: Hmm. Uh, the guiding principle, and I think when you look at it, it's like, what is my professor notion that I should leave the school? And you literally scratched uh, your chin. Yes, 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 (laughs) I should give you. I think the one thing is to consider is always keep everything open. You never know what door will open from a a new connection that you make. And I went to school to to go work at a PR firm. Mm -hmm. And I fell into student union events and I became a promoter and I've made my own career out of it. So at the end of the day is never close a door. Never close a door. No matter what they've done to you, you know, always keep that door open because you never know who's going to be uh, able to open that next door for you. Um, Options are always out there. Keep your chin up. As I'm rubbing my uh, <laughs> collegiate's chin out of there, uh, but yeah. yeah, I'm a person that always tries to keep every relationship. It doesn't mean it has to be a positive relationship, but always try and keep a working relationship with everybody because you never know what can come forward for you.
0: Yeah, fair enough. No, mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's really good. Um, but Al, thanks thanks for doing this. Um, I know it's probably a busy time of year. We've only got we're recording this just at the end of June, mm-hmm. so Welcome Week is really just around that corner yeah um, you're telling me we'll my friend. yeah so, things are flying yeah um so thanks for talking about your job um i think there's a lot of good nuggets especially with uh some of the bands that alessia cara anecdote will be uh, i think some that people will really latch on to because i think she's like you said got a pretty bright future in this music yeah, thing I, I hope so <laughs> yeah i think so too. um and uh that's it for episode two i don't know when we'll be back with episode three as you can tell these things are sporadic right now, it's just the summer. We have some print issues to check out. Um, pick that up or check it out on our website, uh, thesill.ca. We also have issue, is ucom slash thesill. And uh, you can check out the PDF version of our print. Uh, we're updating throughout the summer, so um, follow us too. Um, we've got Instagram. We've got Twitter. We've got Facebook. No MySpace. Sorry, guys. We're it's with over. The
1: times. Yeah, we're with the times. Thank so, you.
0: Thanks for listening, Mm -hmm. and we'll catch you next time.
1: Cheers. That was fun.